You're right. It's white. It's that new Oxidol white. Yes, new Oxidol is white, and it washes clothes whiter than ever before. The cleanest wash you can get from any soap in the world. Oxidol's own Ma Perkins. You're right, it's white. It's that new Oxidol white. You're right, it's white. Now there's a new Oxidol, a new white Oxidol, and it's making wash day history. Because new white Oxidol washes clothes whiter than ever before. Gives you the whitest Oxidol wash you've ever had. The cleanest wash it's possible to get from any soap in America. It's the whiter, whiter soap for a whiter, whiter wash. You're right, it's white. It's that new Oxidol white. Yes, you're right. With new white Oxidol, now you'll see shirts and sheets and pillowcases washed so white, so brilliantly white, you'll be amazed. You'll see tablecloths and napkins sparkle like new. Yes, every time you wash with new white Oxidol, whatever the weather, even when you dry your clothes inside, you'll always get the whitest Oxidol wash you've ever seen. And what's more, as long as you use new white Oxidol, your wash will stay white. White for the life of your clothes. White and right. Your cotton dresses and gay prints will look fresh as a daisy. New white Oxidol is truly safe, wonderful for washable colors. The next wash day, see for yourself how white and bright your wash will be with new white Oxidol. Get some now. Your dealer has it. Be right. Get clothes white with new white Oxidol. The greatest Oxidol Procter & Gamble ever offered. The whiter, whiter soap for a whiter, whiter wash. And now for Ma Perkins. Well... The coroner's inquest into the death of the man who was Ann Morrison's husband has taken a weird, terrifying turn. Banker Pendleton had hinted that the death might have been murder. And then, the last thing we heard, the word had come from still another source, a surprise witness who had identified himself as... Well, listen. My name is Christopher Myers, sir. I've been in the employ of the Gorman family for approximately 18 years, since January of 1931. In what capacity, Mr. Myers? Chauffeur and valet to Mr. Bradley Gorman. For the past eight years during his confinement, my sole function was to be near Mr. Gorman. And at the request of his family, I took an apartment within a half mile of the asylum where he was confined. I was his one and only visitor, weekly, on each regular visiting day. And I pride myself that I was his closest friend and confidant. By family, you mean his mother and father? I do. Mm-hmm. Now, when was the last time you saw Mr. Gorman alive? Shortly after his escape, he came to me and said that at last he had learned where he could find his wife. You see, Mrs. Gorman, I beg your pardon, Miss Morrison, had traveled extensively, uh, professionally, that is. It was Mr. Gorman's despair that she was always so far away. He longed to see her. He adored his wife. And he came to me this one evening after he had escaped in a state of great jubilation, as well as, I may add, a state of fear. He had read in a periodical that his wife was here in Rushville Center. He'd planned his escape long ago in anticipation of just such an eventuality. He came to me. I gave him money, clothes, and provided him with a gun. A gun? You gave a gun to a man who had just escaped from an insane asylum? Yes, sir. He was terrified. 
Much as he longed to see his wife, he was nevertheless terrified that she and her sweetheart might very well attempt to murder him. Mr. Carn, I must protest this. Order. Let's have some order here, please. The things please. this man is saying are preposterous. Will you sit down, Mr. Sinclair, and let me decide that? No, I will not sit down. You've stated repeatedly that this is not a trial. It is merely an investigation of facts surrounding a death. Now, you will please limit yourself to those facts. If you don't, if you continue building up a fabric of incriminations, I shall have to insist that you recess this hearing until I can provide myself with legal counsel. I came here in good faith, Mr. Coroner, but you're certainly taking advantage of it. Now, just hold on a minute, Mr. Sinclair. You talk about good faith. You can't come into court, Mr. Sinclair, and tell a story like the one you told and then talk about good faith. You've got to have clean hands to talk about good faith. You've perjured yourself. First, you said you didn't know who the man was who was killed. I've explained that to you. And I suppose that makes the lie all right. You've lied. You've come in and told a story under oath that's full of holes. And you talk about good faith. The man's been killed. And if he, if he was murdered, I'm going to find out about it. Now, will you please sit down, Mr. Wait. Sinclair? Wait a minute. I want to say something. Order. I want order in here, please, everybody. Who is that shouting? Here, just a minute. I'll be right there. You've got to listen to me. Let me through, please. Look, I have asked you people to please keep that aisle open. Now, will you stand back, all of you there? Mr. Coroner, I want to say something. Mr. Coroner. Joseph. Now, look, lady, will you stand back, please? This is my boy, Mr. Coroner. Oh, all right, very well. Now, what's all this about, young man? I'm conducting an inquest here, though no one would know it. I've got a witness on the stand. But it's all wrong. You haven't heard the truth yet. Yeah, I've been suspecting that. Look, I was there when it all happened. What? What do you mean? You were where? In the room. I was the one, not Mr. Sinclair. He's been shielding me right along. He and Miss Morrison. I was the one who made the telephone call to Dr. Stevens. Dr. Stevens. Dr. Stevens. There he is, standing over there. Dr. Stevens, listen closely. I was the one who called you. Don't you remember? I'll even tell you what I said. I called from the phone booth over in the bus station. I said, you'd better get over to the hotel fast. There's been an accident. A man's been hurt. Go round the side to the alley. He fell out of a window. You asked me who was calling. I said, what difference does it make? You'd better hurry. He might be hurt badly. Isn't that right? How about it, Dr. Stevens? Is that correct? Yes. You insist you were in that room from which the dead man... All right, Mr. Myers, you can step down, thank you. Take the stand, young man. Don't go away, please, Mr. Myers. Joseph. It's taken me a long time, Ma, but I just have to tell the truth. I know, son. I want you to. Don't worry about anything. I'm very proud of yourself. All right, young man, raise your right hand. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth to help you, God? Yes, I do. All right, now, first, let's have your name. This is what happened. It's the truth. I went to Miss Morrison's room down at Rushville Center House that night. I'd heard she was leaving Rushville Center the next day. I wanted to see her. I, I had to see her. I got down to the hotel, went right on upstairs, right to her room. I had a knock a couple of times before she let me in. She opened the door. Didn't want me to come in at first, but I had to talk to her. I wouldn't take no for an answer. I came right in. She tried to make conversation. I, I couldn't figure it out at all. She was so nervous and upset. Well, we talked for maybe ten minutes, and then I left. Pretty soon, I, I heard her shouting. Well, not shouting, talking pretty loud. She sounded frightened. I heard her say, you're crazy, and then she screamed and yelled, don't. I turned around and ran back into the room. The door was unlocked. There was a man there. 
tall, heavy-set man. He had a gun. I couldn't figure out where he'd come from so quickly, and then I realized Miss Morrison had two rooms. He must have been in the other room all the time I was there. All of a sudden, he raised his gun and aimed it at Miss Morrison. We both started for him. I don't know what we were trying to do, but the gun went off. He dodged, turned away, and then he stumbled backwards. There was a... There was a crash of glass, and he fell out of the window screaming. It seemed like hours before Miss Morrison or I could even say anything. And then she begged me to get out of there. I listened like a fool, let her persuade me. I let her talk me into going down the back stairs and out of the hotel. That, that man's scream kept going through my head. I didn't know what I was doing till, till I got downstairs and went out the back door like Miss Morrison had told me. And then the, the fresh air cleared my head for a second. I ran across the street as fast as I could over to the bus depot. That's when I telephoned Dr. Stevens. And then I went home. That's the way the whole thing happened. It's the truth and the whole truth. Well, now, Joseph. All right, let's have some quiet here, please. You waited a long time, didn't you, before coming to volunteer this information? What kept you? Does that matter? You've got your story. Well, now, hold on just a minute. I've got a couple of stories already. Mr. Coroner, may I say something? In just a minute, Miss Morrison, your turn's coming. Now, you know, we've gone to a lot of time and trouble and expense holding this inquest. We can't go on indefinitely waiting for another version to turn up this afternoon or tomorrow. All I know is that I, I've told you the truth. Why didn't I speak up before? I, I don't know. Maybe it was because of fear. Maybe it was because I'd made a fool of myself again and didn't want to give the town something else to laugh about. Oh, I'm not saying they've been wrong for laughing at me. It's a good town. Brought most of it on myself, the laughs and the kidding. Just got out of my element, that's all. Reached for the moon. I don't know why I didn't speak up. Maybe it's because... Maybe it's because I didn't want to hurt people any more than I had. People who've been wonderful to me. Taken me in, given me a home. I've hurt them enough without exposing them to this, too. Uh, Mr. Coroner. What is it, Mr. Sinclair? I think that if you let Miss Morrison testify now... She'll be able to satisfy as to why Joseph has kept silent. No. No one needs to explain why I kept quiet. I've told you why. I was scared and confused. I was afraid and I didn't want to hurt anybody. And most of all, I... I didn't want to hurt Ma Perkins. She's believed in me and had faith in me. Mr. Sinclair, what does this do, what uh, we've just heard? What does this do to your two stories that you've told us? What you've just heard is the truth, Mr. Coroner. I retract everything I've told you. You're right. I have perjured myself. Oh, wait a minute. May I say something, please? All right, I guess it's your turn now. Step down, young man. Miss Morrison, you may take the stand. Here's a big cash contest you don't want to miss. $35,000 in prizes, just for telling why you enjoy any one of these three top radio programs. The Beulah Show, starring Hattie McDaniel as Beulah, Lowell Thomas, famous newscaster, or The Oxidol Show, featuring Jack Smith, Dinah Shore, and Margaret Whiting. 
A national radio poll reports America tunes in more every week to these three programs broadcast Monday through Friday on most CBS Ma Perkins stations than any other three shows on the air. Now, Procter & Gamble offers $35,000 in prizes for the best statements why you like them. $15,000 first prize, $5,000 second prize, 550 other cash prizes too. You'll like this contest, so get an entry blank from your dealer. Read the easy rules and send in your entries. Just tell why you enjoy any one of these programs, The Beulah Show, Lowell Thomas, or The Oxidol Show. Remember, there's $35,000 to win, so get started today. Well, the coroner's inquest has taken quite a drastic change of direction, hasn't it? Thanks to Joseph's testimony. What will Ann Morrison have to add to his story tomorrow? Well, now this is Charlie Warren inviting you to listen again tomorrow, same time, same station, to Oxidol's own Ma Perkins, presented by the Procter & Gamble Company. You're right. It's white. It's that new Oxidol white. Yes, new Oxidol is white, and it washes clothes whiter than ever before. The cleanest wash you can get from any soap in the world. 